By faith we understand that the worlds, meaning the universe, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So that is fairly easy to understand, uh, that words are invisible, but words create things. How many understand that your world has been created by your words? The words that you've told others and the words that you've told yourself. So whatever you say, whatever comes out of your mouth is like the words that came out of God's mouth. They have an ability to create. The only difference is the words that come out of our mouths can either be creative or destructive. James says it's like the tongue is set on fire of hell. And people can control any kind of animal. I've seen every kind of animal imaginable to be able to do tricks, except the human being cannot control the tongue. So it is like that unruly member of the body. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That whenever he comes in, he touches the unruly member and transforms it to become a river of life for people. So the words we say are very, very powerful. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is the most stupid thing that has ever been said. Words can kill people. They can kill nations. They can kill families. They can kill leaders. Words are extremely destructive or extremely productive. So God is calling us to choose carefully the words that we say because we have an ability to make the decision before the word ever comes out of our mouth. We can make an instant decision and say, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. That would be destructive. So I'm going to change my vocabulary and say a word that is going to create life. Because I, like God, have an ability to be creative with my words, to change an atmosphere, to change a person, to change an environment, to change my future, for those words to become prophetic and establish things that are not even there or exist and to those things that will because you spoke them. We have a friend, I, I think probably your pastors know him. His name is Kenneth Walsh. He's from uh, Dartmouth, uh, Massachusetts. And um, Kenneth has an extremely strong-willed daughter. She came out of the womb controlling everything and everybody. When she was three years of age, she made Kenneth so mad one day he raised his voice at her and said, Hannah, you make me so. And he changed his vocabulary. So proud of you. Someday you're going to be an entrepreneur and be the very first millionaire in the family. In the split second of time, which is the same amount of time you have, you can change what you were going to say from negative to positive. When she was nine years of age, the family came to one of our conferences in Dallas, Texas. They were walking in the mall, and she went into a Bed Bath & Beyond type of store. I'm not sure if that was the name of it, but it was that type, to buy some bath products. And they were so expensive that her parents said, we can't afford that, Hannah. So she decided to go home and begin to research bath products, turn their kitchen into a laboratory, produce the marketing packaging, produce all of the advertisement needed, begin to produce products, has made tens and tens of thousands of dollars, actually into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
was featured on, uh, I believe it was CBS, uh, the national broadcast. She was also featured in the Boston Globe as the youngest entrepreneur. She is now 16 years of age and has made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars all by herself because she had a dad that said, Hannah, you make me so proud of you. (laughs) He inserted into her prophetically her future. He opened the door for her future. In our first pastorate, I was walking in town one day and I met one of the prisoners and I said, hi, how are you? She said, oh, I'm kind of sick. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Well, hope you get the feeling better. Uh, We'll see you then on Sunday. She said, well, I don't think so. I'll probably be sick on Sunday. And she was sick on Sunday. She had already determined on Thursday she would be sick on Sunday. She had already spoken sickness. And so she was able to fulfill it. I've known them for decades. Recently, she passed away. But every time I would call, she was always sick. I'm just, you know, I'm probably not going to live long. So she didn't. She's dead now. She decided she was going to be dead. She decided she was going to be sick. It would have been as easy to say, well, you know, there are times that things are difficult. But praise God, I always come out a winner. You don't have to be unrealistic. You can be very realistic, but you're going to be positive. Because what you see is not what you're going to get until you speak what you're going to get. So we create our world with our words. Uh, in the book of Genesis, chapter number 1, verse number 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26, 28, and 29, it says, And God said... So when as soon as it says, and God said, something happened. It's the very same thing with you. Psalm 33, 6 says, the entire universe was created by the word of God and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, by the breath of his mouth. Second Peter chapter three, verse number five says that everything that we see in the universe, as well as all the waters and the things that were created in the waters and out of the waters were created by the word of God, the word of God. The word is so powerful, Psalm 107, 20 says you can send your word and heal them. I guarantee you have spoken words to someone that wasn't even there and a miracle happened. I guarantee someone has spoken words over you. They were not even there, but God healed you or saved you or or redeemed or rescued. I guarantee your words have been powerful and others' words have affected you. (laughs) King George V of England, he was the grandfather of Queen Elizabeth, had two sons. One's name was Albert, and one's name was Edward. Prince Edward, Prince Albert. Prince Edward was the older of the two. Before he died, King George V said to his wife, Mark my words. Edward will not be in power one year when he will destroy his life and destroy the nation. So that was the prophetic word that dad had given to his son. Sure enough, it was not even a year went by, 11 months before he advocated. And the kingdom went to Prince Albert, whose name became King George VI, who was the father of Queen Elizabeth. 
The power in our mouths to create or destroy is powerful. The Bible says the centurion in Matthew chapter number eight <clears throat> said, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come into, into my home. Pray for my servant. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. And Jesus said, I've never seen greater faith anywhere in Israel. John chapter 4, you remember mostly because of the woman at the well of Samaria. Most of the time you remember that story, but may have missed the one that immediately follows that. Jesus is in Cana of Galilee where his first miracle took place. Also where he raised the dead woman's son. Uh, the dead, uh, the woman's dead son raised him to life again. Then you have one more story that occurs in Cana, and that is that a man comes. He was called a ruler, so probably a Roman ruler, came from Capernaum 20 miles west to the city of Cana. And he came there to tell Jesus, my son is dying. And Jesus said, he will be okay. He will live. So he headed back, and on his way back to Capernaum, 20 miles away, the servants met him halfway, and they said, your son is going to live. He said, what time did that take place? They said, yesterday at 1 p.m. That was the time that Jesus said, your son will live. It is so important because many of you have had words that were given to you that were very destructive. You're ugly. You're fat. You're not smart. Uh, you, you'll never make it. You'll never succeed. You'll die young. The words that others have said, even when growing up, because kids can be very mean to each other, or the words that you said to yourself, or the words that parents said to you, or peers, or siblings. And those lodge in your spirit, and the enemy says amen to it. Amen to it. And it requires that you say, nope. I don't agree with that, so I cancel you out. Every lie said against me by the devil and by others, I don't receive it. God has made me more than a conqueror. God has made me a success. I'm made in the image of my Father, so it doesn't matter what anybody says, I know who I am. So I'm going to cancel out every lie of the devil, and if you're here today and that's lies have been told to you, you need to cancel them out. The devil doesn't know when you're going to die. Jesus has the keys of death and hell. The devil doesn't have them. The devil does not know God's plan for your life. Only God knows that. So you have an opportunity to say, wait a minute, I was made in the image of my God, so why should I believe the devil? Why should I believe others? And excuse me, why should I believe things that I've said about myself? Let me give you an illustration. Now, these are very simple, very simple illustrations. Are you ready for this? Maybe you will identify with this. How many have ever said, I just can't remember names? You can raise your hand if you like. How many didn't raise your hand because you didn't want to admit it? <laughs> well, congratulations. You just told your brain, forget the names. What if you have been telling somebody, yes. What we generally say is, well, I can remember faces. I just can't remember names. So your brain said, okay, remember the face. But you canceled out because you told your brain that has the operational ability 
to bring things to pass. You told your brain, I can't remember names or I can't remember numbers. Why don't you take that same opportunity to change just a few words from can't to can? I can remember names. I can remember numbers. And something will happen supernaturally because God made it operationally like that in your mind. That whatever you talk to yourself and things that are positive, you agree with God. So God says, if you agree with me, that is a point where the two hands come together, my hand and your hand, and those things that are impossible become possible. My wife's family would never let her say the word can't. They would say, you have to take the T off. So she grew up thinking she could do anything, and she could do anything. She was a board of director member for eight years of a major denomination in America. She's been a model. She's been a designer. She's had her own business designing homes, designing clothes. Uh, she founded and published the very first Christian women's magazine in the world in 1978. Millions and millions of copies sold called Virtue Magazine. We know that she has spoken to at least four million people out of one ministry in Brazil alone. And thousands and thousands and thousands of women use her her curriculum called the home experience. Because, thank God, she had parents that said, take the tea off. So today, you can take the tea off. You don't have to be imprisoned anymore by the things that you used to do, including the things that you said you couldn't do. How many understand it's nobody else's fault whenever I choose to say something? It's only mine. So I can make a decision today that will change my world forever. My world can be changed forever. Instead of saying I'm stupid, say I'm smart. I've noticed that everybody is smart in an area, and some people may not be as smart in other areas, even though they're very intelligent. (laughs) It requires a change a vocabulary. When my son was 12 years of age, I remember the scriptures out of Luke 2 of Jesus talking to the doctors and the, and the scribes. So when he was 12 years of age, he had a penchant for science. And so I took him and sat him down in front of three doctors. One was vascular surgeon and the other two were uh, doctors in physics. I said, I'm going to leave the room. I want my son just to talk to you, and he can ask you questions, and you can ask him questions. And then whenever you're finished, I'll come back and retrieve my son. Thank you for consenting to have my son talk to you. I knew that if he talked to three doctors, he would never stop until he was a physicist. He went through the rigors of everything required to be the most difficult doctrine in the world, physics. He teaches astrophysics today. He's an educational physics professor at NC State. His wife is also a doctor. And um, several years ago, he came to my house and said, about five years ago, said, Dad, uh, I, I just flew into Dallas. I need to drive to Houston. But he wouldn't tell us why he had to drive to Houston. I said, why? He said, oh, Nothing. Well, I figured out what nothing was because we tracked it down on Facebook. Some of his students were commenting that he was being awarded one of the four top physicists in the nation. And he received that award. I think it's because 
Somebody believes that he could do it. Somebody believes and speaks. You can do it, son. You can do it, son. To my son and my daughter and your son and your daughter and your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids, God has called you to prophetically speak into their lives greatness. Why? Because they're arrogant? Because you're arrogant? Why? Because you want to have some kind of a pride in saying they're a doctor? No, the reason is because they're a child of the Most High God, and they look like their father. Arrogance says, look what I did for myself. A true understanding of God's anointing on you is look what God did and then giving him credit for it. So what you're really saying is amen to what God says. So the angel Gabriel says to Zechariah, your son is going to be great. And Zechariah said, well, I don't know. And the angel said, okay, you're not going to be able to speak for nine months. You didn't agree with God, so God's going to shut your mouth lest you cause more damage. So whenever you agree with God, he opens your mouth and you speak with authority. The power of God that is in the tongue, the power that is in the tongue to bring life or to bring death. That's the scripture out of uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The power to bring death or life is actually the way the Hebrew says it. Death or life is in the power of the tongue. So God has called you to bring life to the city. I don't know if you've spoken negatively about your city, but if you have, change your vocabulary and speak positive. I love this city. This is a great city. This is a great city. God is doing great things in this city. God is bringing life to the city. God is going to use this city to preach the gospel into all of the world. God is causing revival in the city. It is just as easy to speak life, maybe more so than to speak death, into your family, into your children, into everywhere and everything that you do and go. You speak life. You speak life. You speak life. My tongue has an ability to be creative. I want to close with a few scriptures. Um, there's a very interesting scripture in Hebrews 11, verse number 3. By the way, I've, I've, I solicit your prayers. I've been tasked by Thomas Nelson Publishers in Brazil as well as a Random House in the U.S., the owners of Thomas Nelson, they're the largest publisher in the world, tasked with uh, the responsibility of producing a study Bible for men. Uh, we have one in America. Uh, Brazil had one, but... It is out of print, so they asked me to do it again. So that is a gargantuan task. I really, really solicit your prayers. Please, please keep me in prayer. Uh, it took God 1,500 years to write a Bible, so I'm hoping he will shorten that time <laughs> and help me. So it's going to be a study Bible, a helps Bible for men that will, that will uh, address the major areas of a man's life. So. I've got two books of devotionals already that I'm ready to insert in it, but now I'm doing all the exposition of every chapter in the Bible. <clears throat> so I don't know how I brought that up, but uh, go ahead and receive it anyway. And everybody said amen. amen. <laughs> so I was reading the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact imprint, the exact representation of his being. You don't need to put it on the screen because I'm going to segue into something else. He is the radiance of God's glory, meaning the outshining of the glory of God. He, are, he is the rays coming off of the sun. 
but the raids don't uh, don't dissipate the further they get away. They do in the in the natural universe, but not in God's universe. So Jesus is the radiance that never loses the force of the rays of the original. <coughs> this this uh, opportunity to describe this verse is so profound. And it says, and he upholds everything by the word of his power. That is so strange. <coughs> Just think about that. Because if we were to write it, we would say the power of his word, but it says the word of his power. He he upholds everything in the universe by the word of his power. That indicates that the power precedes the word, not the word precedes the power. So inside you, the power of the Holy Spirit is the one that generates the ability to speak life. Inside you is the ability to speak words that are so powerful it changes for every, every, everything that you speak, the future. It is transformational. So I always look for corroborating verses to fill my brain to say, let's ponder on this one. And it's found in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, meaning God, who has the dunamis, the dynamite, my translation says is able. I don't know what your translation says. Now to him who is able, but the Greek is dunamis. That's a lot more powerful than able. He has an ability. That means he has an explosive ability that it will never be the same. He has the power to do immeasurably. The Greek word is super ekperasau. He has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think according to that power that works in you. So power is used twice in this verse. For some reason, the translators didn't do it. They only did it once. For him who has the dynamite to do exceptionally above what you can ask or think according to the dynamite that works in you. So there's two sources of dynamite. Dynamite in God and the dynamite that is in me after I got saved. So I got two sources of dynamite. So the fuse that lights the dynamite in me is the asking and the believing, the asking and the imagination. So I ask big. That's why this church is so important, that God has used you to affect so many nations of the world from this spot of land, from space, it's a speck. The spot of land in the state of Iowa, God has used you to impact the world. Now, that is profound. So the power of him, the dynamite that works in you, dynamite, and you ask and you imagine. And you ask and you imagine. And it releases the power of God in the form of words. I speak things I've never even encountered before. I asked God that I could preach in every nation of the world. I've only been at 87 so far. So I've got a few left to go. But why not ask big and why not believe big? Because it doesn't cost any more money. Why not pray that God save the entire city of Knoxville? Because it doesn't cost any money. Why not believe big? For you and your children and your grandchildren, because it doesn't cost any money. It just requires words, words that you speak and words that you'll say. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.